0: In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Please be seated. As we gather together today, it's one of those odd times where the 4th of July actually fits on a Sunday. And as we gather on our nation's birthday, we do so with the freedoms to gather here. Freedoms that we have held on to and appreciated for 245 years. However, I'm afraid that that freedom to worship in the church Has fallen on many deaf ears. Sure we still worship, we might go to worship, but more than likely it's not at a church. We worship our tablets and our phones and our electronic devices on a daily basis. We worship our football teams, our baseball teams. I worship my bed for those extra hours of sleep that I can get even when I try to wake up on Sunday morning. Many of us have encountered the worship at home over this past year plus. People looking at their screens of their church in their pajamas with their bagels and coffee. Yet we still stand for the freedoms, don't we? The freedom to worship. The freedom that this country stands for, or at least it should. Talk about taking that freedom away and people get upset. Talk about not being able to go to church and maybe the hairs raise raised on the back of your necks. However, when that freedom isn't challenged and when that freedom is truly free, eh, I got better things to do. So what do we do as a church in this country? with so many things around us? What do we do as a church where everybody is so infatuated with everything electronic and everything social media and everything about entertainment? Maybe the church should change this thing called church. And it's fine to have those types of discussions. However, if we sat down with every one of you individually, everybody would have a different opinion and ultimately we'd have a room of a bunch of different opinions where nobody ultimately is happy. In the end, whether we are free to gather here or whether we are not free, as so many Christians are throughout the world, the one holy Christian and apostolic church has been all about the preaching of Christ and Him crucified. Nothing else will do. Nothing else will last. My vision, your plans? No. Nothing else will keep the church alive. Whether it is free to gather here or whether it is forbidden. Jesus Christ crucified and raised from the dead is all that we have. That's it, unfortunately. And it's not flashy and glamorous. And it's not attractive and entertaining. The moment that we start looking at ourselves, the moment that I start looking at my own ideas, it all falls apart. Fix our eyes on Jesus? Sure. He's the author of all life, the author of faith. Where else are we to look? Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Now, it's not quite accurate to say that the church hasn't had a plan other than preaching Christ and Him crucified. We have indeed come up with other plans here and there. Having just now almost been here a year, I've learned about some of the plans that you have had and have done in the past, and that other places that I've seen throughout my years of ministry have seen as well. Measuring things, boosting things, keeping numbers, keeping track and statistics to see if we've had success to measure if there is growth. I used to serve in Charlotte, North Carolina, where all things church growth and all things that were initiated to start the latest fads came out of. One of the biggest churches in Charlotte, a non-denominational church, was attracting people with personal care for all visitors who came for the first time. They would valet park your car. They'd give you tickets to sports games and to a car wash. They gave you all sorts of swag, gift cards, and that was on your first Sunday. But the next Sunday when you came in, if this was your second Sunday in a row, you were told, we're happy that you came, but now it's time to go to work. It's time to start volunteering. It's time to start working. It's time for you now to bring in more people. And we've seen this throughout the ages. People building bigger and grander things. You've seen it in Rome, you've seen it elsewhere. Bigger and better things all through money earned by programs or even like the sale of indulgences in the Roman Catholic Church. There's a few ways that we've gone astray. Either putting our hopes in pampered care, swag, or phony get-out-of-purgatory schemes. And probably you've had a few in your mind as well. How can we just get people in the door? Maybe if our pastor had a nicer haircut. Maybe if he was a little easier on the eyes. Never mind those things. The way of man is foolish. Who really cares about valet parking and car washes? Buildings are huge in Europe that were once called churches, and now they're either falling down or vastly empty. So what has endured through all of this? Jesus. Jesus at the center. Jesus right now. Jesus at the end of all things. There he is, crucified, risen from the dead, alive and here and now, What else is there? Pastors plan to build this. Rulers plan to build that. Freedom to worship, or even if it is against the law to worship for so many in our world, nothing, nothing but Jesus Christ and Him on the cross. Him stepping out of the grave alive. That is who we are today. To fix our eyes on Jesus and His cross. And if you don't do that, then things become rather hopeless. Consider Elijah from our Old Testament reading today. He had seen so much of the Lord's goodness. He had seen endless flour and oil flow with him and a widow of Zarephath, all in the middle of a famine. He was able to participate in the widow of Zarephath's son being resurrected from the dead. He had seen fire fall from heaven and consume sacrifices that were soaking wet. What more do you need? Yet there he is today, hiding, all alone, scared, because no one else looks to the Lord for their help. He thinks that he is the last faithful one alive. But the Elijah program has failed. He thinks the plan to restore faith in the Lord has not been successful, and he's not sure how much he can last. The numbers don't look good, so hide, give up. It's so tempting to give up, trust me. The church made me a pastor 19 years ago this coming Wednesday, July 7th. And truth be told, I didn't think I'd make it 19 years. During almost two decades of serving parishes on the East Coast and the West Coast and the northern polar vortexes of Wisconsin and now here, truth be told, I have seen so many ways and reasons to just give up. Started off with relocating a small, fragile church to a new building and property in the midst of the Bible Belt in North Carolina. Trying to minister to another community in Northern California that had 400 pot farms in the middle of the town. Trying to minister to a community of Lutherans where every other church on the corner is a Lutheran church. Trying to come to a church here in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of a congregation that is slowly coming back together. No one in the church, decaying property, dwindling finances, demographic shifts, enduring a pandemic, wearing masks or not wearing masks, just give up, hide. What's the point? I'm getting a little peek into my mind. And this is why it is so important that we are here today, just as it's so important for me as well. Just because I stand up here today doesn't mean that I don't have those thoughts. This is why even volunteering at a place can be so difficult. You can look at the numbers and sometimes it doesn't always look very good. You'll be tempted to give up. What's the point? But if this is just about socially gathering together, socially having meetings, and never being centered on the receiving of God's Word and His preaching if it's never about receiving God's eternal forgiveness found in His Word and in His Supper, if you never saw a baptism or never confessed the creed or recited the commandments or never prayed the Lord's Prayer together, it would be very weak. And we would restore to nothing but despair and start planning other things to do. So how does this look for the rest of your life today? We live in the land of the free and the home of the brave. You live in a world where information is at your fingertips, where entertainment is king. However, my job today for you is to say that none of that matters whether you are free or captive. Life lived apart from Jesus is no good. It's no good. Every once in a while, I get a question usually from younger kids, but sometimes from adults. And that question is centered on demonic possession, which is indeed a real thing. And the first question that I have in response to that is typically, when was the last time that person was in church? When was the last time this person received preaching and forgiveness? When was the last time this person rejoiced in their baptism or were they even baptized? When was the last time somebody went to Holy Communion? That question usually answers itself. The only plan that has worked and that has endured and that has any promise is to hear of Christ crucified given to you in word and sacrament, in your baptism in the Holy Eucharist. And that doesn't necessarily mean doing it virtually. Things have gotten safer. Things have gotten healthier. In so many ways, it's vitally important that we as a church be back together in person around the things that the world looks at as foolish or weak, and yet God finds power and wisdom on high for you. After all, what good could a dead man on a cross be for anybody? However, Paul makes out that point for us. He is the one by his death that has given to us victory. Of course, we all have better plans, better ways to grow, and of course, I might have ideas as well. But Christ crucified will do anything for us Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added for you. And this is not only for the church, but it is most importantly, personally, for you too. As a member of the body, you are a vital part of this church, the very body of Christ. And that is not a metaphor, you are literally the body of Christ. And the body of Christ is crucified and raised from the dead, ascended into heaven, and seated at the right hand of the Father. Try out all of your despair and hopelessness on that. Try out your aloneness, your giving up of your hope and the other plans on that. They won't do. Stick to your own plan, and we will end up empty. Listen to Jesus. Jesus who has dropped His net and brought you into this place. Jesus who continues to ask us to drop our nets and to bring others into this place. The disciples were not called to go fish for catfish or tilapia or trout or large or smallmouth bass. They were told to drop their nets and whatever was picked up in the nets was to be a part of the kingdom of God. And that's the same thing for us as the church, that the all-inclusive net of Jesus be dropped for all to come and to hear and to receive the forgiveness of sins, life and salvation that He has won by His cross. And sometimes that means including the people that we may not always be so comfortable or how to respond to, But nonetheless, it's not all up to us. The Word of God is present in this place. It might be as quiet as a low whisper was for Elijah, but the Lord speaks to all by name. The Lord whispers your name. He whispers my name, speaking hope to you and reminding you and I that we are not alone and that there are others out there, and even more than that, That the Lord has chosen to be at this place. In the end, our work is not in vain. Our hope is not empty. Our life lies in the hands of the Lord who speaks gently to us because He does not shout to us. He speaks your name from the cross. Forgive all of their sins. He speaks from the empty tomb. Because I live, you shall now live. You shall be raised from the dead. He speaks to us today that whether we are free or we are captive, we have the true freedom through the forgiveness of our sins. Nothing and no one else will do. And if we were to shut our ears and do our own thing, guess what? He's still going to be there for you waiting for us to speak to us that best sentence. I forgive you. Nothing else will do, not for this church, not for this country, and not for the life of the world, but only Jesus and Him alone. To Christ alone be the glory forever and ever. Amen.